Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. It is an honor to have Susie Costin join us today. Susie is the National Shelter Director at Farm Sanctuary, the largest and most effective farm animal rescue and protection organization. With more than two decades of experience working with farm animals, Susie is a leading authority on both their care and behavior, earning her the nickname the Farm Animal Whisperer. Susie brings her two dogs with her every day to her job at the sanctuary in Watkins Glen, New York, and helps us to see the great similarities between our domesticated pets and those sentient beings living their lives on the farm. I've had the great fortune to visit Farm Sanctuary in upstate New York and to see the important work that Susie and her team are doing on behalf of farm animals everywhere. And this place is a marvel. It really is a true must-see as they set the standard for shelters and farm animals everywhere. And you know what I really love about Susie is that she takes these hikes with her dogs and her cats follow along. It's such a great visual. This episode is a little different in that we do talk about dogs, but we also talk about animals in general. Dogs are family, but when you open your pack beyond dogs, the rewards are priceless and may even save your life. Okay, so Susie, thank you so much for being with us today. Where did you grow up? I actually grew up in West Virginia, central West Virginia. Did you have dogs growing up? I did. Um, I had dogs. Um, the first dog I ever got was named Happy, and he was my birthday present when I turned six years old. Oh, wow. What kind of dog was he? He was a beagle. Um, huh. It was, yeah, <laughs> I actually picked him out, and he was amazing. Yeah. Oh, great. And how long was he with you? Um, 12 years. Oh, beautiful. Wow. What a great experience to have a, yeah. to grow up, you know, raising a puppy from the ground up, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and any amazing. other dogs, any other dogs or animals growing up? Lots of cats. I was notorious for carrying cats home and my mm-hmm. parents could see me carrying them. And then right when I got home, I would put them down and say they followed me. It's a big oh, joke. I in love the it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. And then, so From West Virginia, where did life take you? That took me so many places. So I actually went to school. um, I did my undergraduate at West Virginia Westland, and my parents both taught there. So my parents are both college professors. Great. Yeah. And and then I went to um, West Virginia University and got my master's degree in special education. And I taught, and I had in the summers, when I had summers off, I usually did something, you know, in the end on the line of, you know, animal type work. So I actually worked at a vet. And then for a couple summers, I worked at another sanctuary called the pig sanctuary um, which is pretty much where I discovered that this was what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. uh, full-time and what were you doing at the pig sanctuary kind of what I do now I was just a volunteer but I I was there every single day you know for the whole three months I had off for the summer every summer and then on weekends I went after I was teaching like after school I basically did full shifts there and then how did you find your way to farm sanctuary it's fun. Um, I was actually at the other sanctuary right. and Lori and Jean from Farm Sanctuary came and spoke at an event. I actually was doing fencing with Jean, which is really funny because we, we were building fence and Jean came out and helped us. Uh, I became friends with Jean, just talking to him there. And I learned everything I could about um, Farm Sanctuary from him. And I was very excited because what they were doing was so different from what we were doing. Right. 
And so tell me a little bit about Farm Sanctuary for those people who are listening that don't know about it. Farm Sanctuary is a nonprofit organization, and what we're doing is we're raising awareness about farm animals and you know their sentience, and they're our friends, not our food. So we're we're trying to get people to see farm animals in a very different light. So we do that through obviously rescue work, which is what I do, and sheltering. So we do individual care of animals that never get individual care when they're on a farm. Um, so we're treating them like people treat their beloved, you know, dogs. They get the same exact treatment there. So that's the part I do. We also do advocacy work. We're working to change laws to protect the animals. And then obviously we also do education. So we have an education program right now that's going into schools. Um, It's in Philadelphia and New York City. And we also have the same program in San Francisco. And then next year we're also adding Los Angeles to that program. Oh, very cool. And what happens there? It's a really cool program. It's um, it's kind of, it's what we do if we have people on the farm. It's teaching kids, and it's junior high, high school, about where these animals come from, how they live, in a nice, you know, way without showing graphic pictures. Um, it's really cool. They have, like, things where they set up like a square and they show that this is the size of a battery cage if you were in it and they bring the kids up and let them stand in it and try to lift their arms. And so it's a very like, it's that kind of interactive, but then it also uses a virtual reality video of the entire farm. So the virtual reality actually is really cool. So it's a virtual reality that they have the headsets and everything and they're seeing the sanctuary and the animals running up and, and then they get to like talk about what they learned and and they're all very positive. And I think because we live in this kind of a, a bubble where everybody here knows we assume that the whole world knows where these animals come from yes. and a lot of kids don't so it's it's a great program and it's been really really successful I think that what you all are doing at Farm Sanctuary is just amazing. And I've had the pleasure of being up at Farm Sanctuary, and it really is an incredible place. I came up initially, I had met Gene from Farm Sanctuary, the founder. I came up for the, the I don't know if you guys call it the Thanksgiving, but the We actually call ours the celebration for the turkeys. Yes. So the celebration yes. for the turkeys. And it was a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. There were children out feeding the turkeys. Everybody was just, it was just the most beautiful scene and setting I've ever seen. It's this incredible part of upstate New York, up near Cornell. So I really recommend anybody who wants to learn more about Farm Sanctuary, really plan a visit. You can stay there. You can stay right on the farm. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful experience. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about dogs, especially let's talk about your dogs. You have two dogs now? Yes. And they're right beside me. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> We're a pack. Oh, yeah. I love it. What are their we names? Really are. Um, Luke is a little, like, looks like a rat terrier. It's definitely a cross. And then Orville is a, I think he's a pure golden. Um, he was at a high kill shelter and was actually being put down because he had heartworm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, and he's he is the gentlest being on the planet. And he has to lay with his foot touching my foot. So that's what he's doing right now. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, my dog, Hug, is the same way. We always have to be connected somewhere. Yeah. How old is Oroville? They don't know exactly because they said he was between six and eight when I got him. Yeah. And I got him seven and a half years ago okay so he's up there yeah, yeah very white faced yeah when he came in he was very orange and now he's very uh, white but he's doing great he really is and he just had to start pain medicine for the first time this year so he's on yeah. some pain management for arthritis 
And then um, Luke showed up about seven years ago. He was, I think he was dumped here. Um, he's a big barker. He talks a lot, which mm-hmm. doesn't bother me at all. I actually like when dogs talk. So yeah. he talks a lot. And I think that's probably why he was dumped. Very high energy. Yeah. Smartest dog I've ever met in my entire life. He can outsmart just about any human. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love it. The thing that's so crazy about these two is when we first found Luke, nobody wanted to take him in. He was unneutered. Mm-hmm. He was crazy. And I was like, the last thing I need is a puppy because he was a puppy and I hadn't had a puppy for years. And I was looking for a dog that would be good with Orville. Yeah. But when he met Luke, he didn't like him, but it was because he wasn't neutered. And so when we neutered Luke, like right before he was getting placed and he, he, when he plays, he like grabs a hold of your finger and stuff. He doesn't bite. Like he just holds your finger, but he was going to a home with a really small child. And I said, he's going to just end up at a shelter because he's mouthy. And so they brought him up here just like before that adoption was supposed to take place. And then they talked to the people and they agreed it was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And Luke and Orville, my two dogs fell in love with each other. Um, over that two-day period, and they are inseparable now. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, they they usually are rolled up together in a ball sleeping. You're living the dream. I am living the dream, and it's funny because really Orville is the reason that Luke is with us. Like, he kind of picked Luke, which is awesome. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So do they come to work with you pretty much every day? Every single day. Um, when I drove out and stayed in California, they drove with me. Wow. <laughs> we got hotels along the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when I go anywhere, they're usually with me, and except like when I have to go by plane. And so I'm leaving tomorrow, and they both are very much aware of that because of my behavior changes at home. They get a little desperate right before I leave. Luke actually gets in my suitcase when I pack and lays down, which yes. is funny. Yeah. Um, but it's only for a few days. But yeah, and then I have somebody stay at my house, and so their routine never changes. So they come to work every day still. Um, one of the caregivers usually just lives at my house when I'm gone right. and brings them to work back and forth. So their schedule, the only thing that's different is I'm not there. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because that's, I mean, for me too, if I'm traveling, I've got a beloved dog walker, and so she doesn't miss a beat, and she stays with them, and so their their routine has never changed, and that's really important. Which is so important. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Not many people I know work with farm animals. I know a lot of people that have dogs, but very few people that I know that actually have the beautiful honor to work with farm animals. What is it like? Is there a difference between how you relate to your dogs versus how you relate to all the animals that you care for? You know, in most of the cases with the animals here, they're flock and herd animals and you know, they don't want to go home and sleep in bed with me and, and do all those right. things that my dogs do. I think they would probably like it for a minute and then they would be panicked. So one of the things we try to do here is respect who they are and, and they don't like to leave. So even when they go to the hospital, we take someone else with them. So they're they're very much like a family on their own, trying to let them live that most natural life because there's also the difference of all of the animals on the farm are prey animals. And obviously dogs are not. So there's a difference between the predator and the prey animal, whereas dogs have been, you know, they've been domesticated for so long and have been companions, I think, for so long as individuals often, not necessarily even in a pack. And their pack behavior is very different as well. It's a much rougher life for the predator, I think, in a pack. And so they do really well just as individuals, and that's what they want. Both cases, we're kind of giving them what they want. 
So you're with the farm animals all day. Your dogs are there with you during the day, and then they come home with you. So you guys really are a pack. Yes. How do you feel? Like, are there any ways that you can describe sort of what your emotional or spiritual relationship is with your dogs? It's strange because I have a few dogs that have been in my life where I'm like positive that that is like the only dog that will ever have that like relationship. Every relationship is very different. Right now, like Orville is so laid back. He's the one that always needs to be touching me, but his requirements for responding are very different than, than the little guy who, you know, when he jumps up on my lap, he actually throws his head on my chest and breathes in like he's smelling me. It's the craziest. I've not had a relationship with a dog quite like Luke because Luke is more of like, he actually hugs. Like he's like, he needs to be like as tight as he can be and he sleeps against me and he's like he's always like very depressed when I leave and all of these different emotions and I feel the same way like I have a very hard time like tomorrow's gonna suck because I have yes. to leave and leaving leaving them is like yeah leaving your family behind and it feels so bizarre and I have cats too and it's still very different because my cats they clearly miss you when you're gone but they're much more independent with that part. Like, they're not like, oh, my God, you were gone. Like, even when I go on the farm, Luke's response when I come back is to bark and bark and bark and bark. Like, I've been gone for a <laughs> like week. Like, you've been gone for days. Yeah. And he's, but he means it, too. He's very serious about it. And then he clings again. So yeah. each relationship, though, is different. Right before these two guys, I had a dog that I had for almost 20 years, a very small three-legged dog named Pablo. He was definitely, like, my complete mm-hmm. soulmate mm-hmm. dog like he was he was my my life and he I, I got him again out of a a really high kill shelter in west virginia pound it was actually the municipal right. pound and i also had a saint bernard cross that um, oh, i wonderful. found who was starving yeah and he was fantastic and he he wasn't fantastic with everyone but he was definitely fantastic yeah. with me you have such different bonds with each one and there's no describing how perfect each one is and i never can imagine my life without one of them so when they pass it's just it's horrific and my dogs have actually had it's weird when you were saying about how they just keep kind of going along um, Luke, that's the dog I said is the smartest dog I've ever met. Yes. Yeah, I, he is. <laughs> but uh, when um, I had a, I, his best friend of my cat's name was Repeat. I had Pete and Repeat. He and Repeat were like best friends, a big black cat. And Repeat was already with me forever by the time I got Luke. And so he, Repeat actually um, had died when he was about 20. I went to bury him. He was in a towel and I had unwrapped um, the body and I put it down in the hole. Luke realized who he was and got so upset and started crying and started oh digging at the hole when I buried him. And it was like, oh my God, you don't realize like he knew he was gone because every day when we would come in, that's who he would go find. And so after a while, I couldn't find him. And so he would be looking and looking and looking and like really kind of desperate to know where he was. And I had waited until we buried him, you know, not thinking that that would be such a big deal. And it was like, he was really upset. My cats, I live out on 40 acres of woods. I think there's like five cars that go down my road. When I go on walks with the dogs, the cats walk too. So there's like four of them that will just come with us everywhere. Pete and repeat always came with us. Like, so we would walk for like a mile through the woods and the cats were always with us and they come home with us. And, oh, beautiful. Yeah. So they, they had, they, we used to call them cat dogs because they were so much like <laughs> the dogs. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But my dogs all love my cats. 
on this call, you're talking to us from Watkins Glen, New York. Yes. What do you think of how living there impacts your life and your dogs as compared to maybe living in New York City or... Yes. Well, the good news is they get a lot of outdoor time. Um, and because I live, again, on 40 acres of woods, like on the weekends, we, we just walk yeah. through the woods. Um, so except during hunting season, because even though I'm posted, there's always that chance that somebody's hunting. Um, so they have to wear little vests when we go out during hunting season. Um, Do they wear orange vests? Yeah, they have the orange vests. <laughs> and they have bells. They have everything. So nobody can mistake them for anyone. I almost, when I have any animal come into my home, mm-hmm. the cats and the dogs, I just let them do what they do. And um, I've never crate trained or done anything like that. Like they all have some basics. Like Orville came in already trained because a lot of times I get dogs who have been in other living situations. Like I, I'm, I actually like taking in older dogs anyway. The fact that he was as old as he was when he was dumped at a at a pound is just yes. heartbreaking. I, I can't even imagine as loyal as he is to me, what he felt like being left. It, it's How long was he hard. at the pound for? Almost a month. And they were actually putting him down because no one wanted to pay for the heartworm treatment. Gosh. And it was um, a municipal shelter and they wow. didn't pay for it. Yeah. I had been looking for another dog because I had recently lost the St. Bernard, who I was just crushed. And I, I never want to be without a dog yeah. or a cat. Like I always, I know people are like, I'm never doing this again. And it's like, there's so many of them need homes. So who cares? Like, they, like let them come in because they always work their way into your heart, no matter what. Like you can pretend that the next one's not going to be the same or it's not going to feel the same. It's equally amazing. Yeah. It's just different. So you are the National Shelter Director for Farm Sanctuary. Yes. Which is the nation's largest and most effective farm animal rescue and protective organization. Um, How does it feel to be involved with such a beautiful, impactful organization like Farm Sanctuary? It's incredible. It's it's life-changing. I actually never thought that I would be doing something that I love as much as I, I do. Just as actually indescribable because I, I wanted, I want to do what I do and I'm doing it in a place where I know it actually has impact. And I think that that actually is, is a good place to be because I, 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 there's lots of people that are like, Oh, why don't you just start your own sanctuary? And it's like, I, I want to be as impactful as I possibly can be. And this kind of is a place that, you know, allows me and my staff and everyone that's here to have more of a a platform and an ability to be impactful and, and learn. Um, Like we're, it's one of the most important things we do is we're constantly learning how to take care of these animals. Uh, There's never a day that goes by when we're not learning something new. And as national shelter director, you, you oversee a team of caregivers who take care of the animals in the different sanctuaries. Yes. What is your daily, like day-to-day duties? What are your day-to-day duties? And how do you guide those people that work with you to give the best and most efficient care? Well, I think the day-to-day, it changes day-to-day, which is amazing. That also makes it really kind of a, a great job. Every day I'm seeing animals and seeing like health issues. I'm not doing full-time caregiving anymore. I did that, I think, for the first 14 mm-hmm. years here. I was a full-time caregiver. And then the last four years, like 
This week, I just spoke last night at a panel at Cornell University about farm animals and the impacts of factory farming on those animals and what I've seen in my work. So I do a lot of speaking engagements. So there's so many ways I'm doing those things, but I still am on the farm and I deal with the animal issues at all of the different sanctuaries every day. I also spend a whole lot of time um, with other sanctuaries. So I'm on the phone every day with at least, I would say, two to three different sanctuaries, talking about medical issues, trying to figure out like care for animals that I, I sadly cannot see, but like going through symptoms mm-hmm. and, and working with them. I still work with vets every day. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of the, the, the same things over and over. I just did a court case last week and we just won. So we won custody of um, five animals that we took out of a cruelty case. I do a lot of the prep work. Well, I did the prep work for the court case so we could get the animals back. So there's just tons of stuff I work a lot with communication. There is no typical day, though. So, Susie, you have a nickname, the farm animal whisperer. Oh, Oh, good. I thought it was going to be something really bad (laughs) that I didn't know about yet. (laughs) Do you know, have you heard about this nickname? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. <laughs> and is there a story behind that, how that nickname came about? Well, yeah, I think that, and and I think lots of people have this and lots of people don't, so I don't think I'm unique in this. It's just that farm animals are who I work with. Yeah. I am very comfortable with them. <laughs> when you're comfortable with someone, they are more likely to be comfortable with you. So... Um, like when I go out on the farm, I get a lot of attention from the animals. And so, and it's not some, because I think people think that that means I've got like some weird clairvoyance. Right. There's no, there's nothing like that going on. Um, <laughs> I don't have that. I have, I have instinctual stuff that goes on. I think it's because I've been around them now for, you know, almost 25 years yeah. that I ha- I, I know what they're doing when they're doing it. Like I, I can read them really well because I'm around them so much. I don't think it's like rocket science. I think it's just love of them. Yes. I, I love them and I appreciate who they are so it's not really whispering and it's funny because I'm probably the loudest person on the planet for the likelihood of whispering it should be like farm animal loud talker (laughs) and I think that that again I mean you are treating them as they are meant to be treated and when you love the animals the farm animals or dogs or cats it's how they're meant to be it's how we're here on this earth to take care of each other yeah in what ways do you think that dogs and animals overall rescue humans like we rescued them? I actually just did a piece with um, Joanne MacArthur on the Unbound mm-hmm. Project, kind of touching on it. But um, I had a lot of issues. Um, I had some issues with substance abuse and that type of thing uh, before I started working with animals. And I actually had um, checked myself into a rehab. And I had a doctor that said, like, this can go one way or the other, and you better choose because one way you're going to be around and the other way you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to make serious choices. And after I had gotten out, I kind of, like, changed my entire life, and I was still so messed up. And I just remember that I was looking through. I, I moved back to West Virginia and I because um, that's where my family's from, but I didn't want to burden them at that point. So I moved to another area, West Virginia, and I was doing like substitute teaching and I was miserable. And, um, and then I was looking through the phone book and I found the thing about the pig sanctuary where I worked first and the ad said where a pig can be a pig. And I thought it was like the funniest thing I'd ever heard. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to check that out. And, um, those animals 
pulled me out of all that like self-centered crap that I had going yeah. on. And it was like, it, it was, it's not just a game changer. It was like, it turned me into a person that I wasn't. It like took all that stuff that was like buried under the noise and the hate, self-hatred and the just crap. Right. And, and yeah, made the stuff that, that was good inside come out. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for them. I know for a fact I wouldn't be. Yeah. They're amazing. Wow, Susie, thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful. You know what it's like. Like when you're sad and your dogs know you're sad. And like some of them are trying to pull you out of it by being silly. And some of them just like smash against you. And like, and they're so unconditionally loving. Like there's nothing about them that doesn't make you feel like everything's going to be okay. Because when you see what they go through, and what they've been through and how resilient they are and how they bounce back and how they still love life. You feel pretty silly if you're just like, I really screwed up. So my life is over. You you have to be like, you know what? I really screwed up. I learned a lot and I'm going to move on and enjoy my life. And they gave that to me. So wow. I want to give it back to That's as powerful. many as I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. Good for you. What do you think are some of the biggest things we need to teach people about our relationships with dogs and animals in general? Well, I think animals are just like people. You you get out what you put in. Dogs are probably the most loyal creature on earth. Like they they would sacrifice their life. Yes, for you. that's yeah. what they do. But they're also so vulnerable. And so if what you do is take advantage of that vulnerability and hurt them, and they're in a position where they can't go anywhere. And as humans and as having, you know, the ability to do that, we have to step back and say, like, we're not going to do that. Like, we should give them what they deserve from us. And that is the same unconditional love that they're more than willing to give us. I can't even imagine my life without animals in it. I can't. I hate being in hotels where you reach over because you think the dogs are in bed with you. And it's just like this, it's almost like an empty feeling because sure. they just bring you so much joy. They, they really do. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm right there with you. So Susie, Farm Sanctuary, how can we find you online? Well, always on any of our social media, um, we're at Farm Sanctuary. There's lots of places that have other Farm Sanctuaries, but ours is just Farm Sanctuary. And online we're at... Um, FarmSanctuary.org. .org, okay. yes. And then we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, all under Farm Sanctuary. We're on Instagram. Got lots of great pictures on Instagram of the animals. They're amazing. We put out their stories all the time, so people really get to know them. I really encourage people to check out the website, to check out the Instagram, because you do. You learn about all of these animals and their individual lives. And it's very, very similar to how we look at our dogs and our cats. So is there anything else you'd like to add, Susie? I'd like to add that you should all go vegan. Uh, <laughs> and then I can work just with dogs. See, I can quit. I would quit and work with dogs if everyone would just go vegan. Okay, good. <laughs> And thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. It was great to hear from someone who was so interconnected between their professional and personal life with dogs and animals in general. Susie's a great example of how having dogs in her life ties into a bigger sense of compassion and care for animals as a whole. I was especially interested in talking to Susie about how she experienced her dogs while spending her day with an array of farm animals. 
And I love how she describes unique and special bond between humans and dogs, especially when compared to other herd animals. I was fortunate enough as well to be able to take my dog Tiny Tim to work with me every day. And it really is something that allows for more productivity. It helps for a much more special bond. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio, and it's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this show, please leave a review or rating. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so see you next week for another episode from Dog Save the People. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.